Hi, I'm Chris Reid, Managing Director of ASX listed green, green battery materials producer Near Metals Limited. Chris, welcome to London. Thank you very much, man. Yeah, we've just walked out of a investor's luncheon here. You stood up on stage, got some good questions thrown at you, I thought. You, any, anything surprise you there or was that to be expected? No, look, you know, as, as usual, pretty precise and, and to the point, when are you going to make money? Well, fair question, right? Absolutely. You've got, and we've talked a number of times, and we've done some kind of in-depth sessions uh, with you and your guys and the, the rest of the team. Um, it can get complicated, yeah. right? You, you are running multiple projects in multiple jurisdictions with multiple commodities, but pretty much with the same thematic at running through this. So we're just going to keep it simple today, I think. Yeah. Well, for, for, for me and anyone new to this, I think that's important. Should we have the rule of three? Three things sure. that people can remember. What do you think the three things that people need to, to remember are? You look, so for us, and yes, we do have a portfolio of, of projects underpinned by our technologies, and they all produce green battery materials. So green battery materials would be one. So, you know, when it comes to recycling, um, you're unscrambling the egg. So you're recycling an urban waste, which is the battery at the end of its life. Um, you're producing hard commodities, nickel, cobalt, lithium, out of those for reuse, and you use and, you, and you're doing it at the lowest point in the cost curve, you know, uh, and it's more capital efficient than building new refineries or mines, or mines. So it's the carbon. So you know that's where we say green battery materials. They're they're high purity. They're battery materials. They come from wastes. They've got a low carbon footprint and they're low cost, high purity products. So I've blown the rule three away. I know. It's, I, I, well, it's three things. It'd be, it'd be three to the power of three, three cubed. <laughs> okay. Look, I'm, I'm determined to keep this simple because you know, I heard some of the questions out there and kind of, I was sort of surprised that the sort of simplicity in some ways because they were honed in on show me the money. It was not a bad question to ask, but um, no one really wanted to kind of. Dig down. I, th I think that's pretty fair. We need to we need to remember that. So yep. uh, again, if you if you look at some of the conversations from today, and maybe some of the conversations that you've had around London, and you've also been trotting around Europe at the same sort of time, what are the concerns out there? And I say ask that in the context of energy security, energy pricing that's going on here. We've kind of got the Russia Ukraine situation going yep. on in terms of commodity flows, and you know, can projects get financed? Who's financing this and this sort of thing? So what are, what are the things that they were worried about, and what are the things that perhaps you think you need to pay attention to? Yeah, so look, I haven't seen that many investors on this trip. It's really been more about seeing our partners in the different businesses that are all in Europe. Um, but certainly, you know, the, the for strategic or critical minerals, you know, of which all of our materials are. So everything that's in a battery is critical. Mm -hmm. The vanadium recovered from the steel slags, it's critical. Lithium production from Portugal, it's critical. So there's fantastic support from the EIB, NIB, you know, those uh, those types of sort of investment banks. And obviously producing green battery materials, you've got keen interest from the commercial banks. They've got these green pools of capital they need to deploy. There's not a lot of truly green investment opportunities like this. So the appetite for debt and equity is, is just palpable. Right. So you can feel that. But getting back to like, you know, show me the money bit, 
we're rapidly approaching the investment decision points for a number of projects. Um, then once you make those decisions, then you'll have timelines to deliver cash flow. For the battery recycling plant at Hilkenbach, we are selling product now. So we're shredding batteries, getting paid to shred. We get to keep the black mass. We're selling that, getting paid for the contained nickel and cobalt mm -hmm. uh, and receiving funds. And that's ramping up and the cash flows are ramping up for that. So at steady state, that will make a small profit, which is fantastic for something at that scale. And so the next investment decisions or the next catalyst for us are the Mercedes-Benz supply agreement for that plant. Um, we, you know, that we expect that, that that's a great commercial validation because we're giving it to them royalty free, mm -hmm. the technology, but we are charging them for the plant. So that's where we'll make some money. Um, Stelco is the big first truly commercial operation to make a commercial return for Primobius. Uh, that's the Canadian one. That's the right? Canadian right, one. Okay. So we've forecast that we'll make that decision early, early in the new year. Right. For Stelco. Tell me this because you, you're, you're quite tight. I've seen you in a bar. You're quite tight. So um, I want to understand the thinking here. It's the first time I've ever heard that. <laughs> is look, you you're very clear. You don't do M and A. So you don't you don't pay for overpay for stuff in terms of you know wanting to rush into a situation, have to raise a bunch of capital to pay for something. You've developed the technologies yourself, okay? Um, you have got various business models which you're employing with your, you know, three main projects, we'll, 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 we'll call it, uh, um, in terms of like Finland, Germany, and Portugal, where you, you're kind of using other people's balance sheets in some yeah. instances, or they're entirely paying for uh, CapEx in, in others, or you are saying we, have got the option at some point where the, the final investment decision needs to be made as to how you put money. But at some point on some of these, you're going to have to potentially go out to market and raise capital. Sure. Right? Yeah, probably, all things being equal. Um, you don't have to do that now. So it's not a case of we need to make the decision in a very difficult market. But yeah. it's, you're going to move very quickly to that point. Um, and there's also layered on top of this is this kind of cookie cutter approach to being yeah. and rolling out all of this stuff. So there's, there's a little bit of pressure on you to, I guess, give guidance to market at some point, presumably in the next year or so as to what this company looks like in terms yeah. of its ambition and, and its scale and, and, um, and how it, I guess, protects itself from some of the vagaries of the market at the moment. Sure. So I think, you know, if you have a look at all of those projects, the battery recycling, the vanadium recovery, the lithium chemical production, they'll all be down at the bottom end of the cost curve. So you can invest in mm. those projects confidently. You have to fund your growth pipeline. So there's no use pretending that you can have all this and not have to put in money. And so we're very cognizant of that. So when we go to the market, it will be to invest in real plants. Yeah. It's not, we've funded all the R&D, the evaluation and commercialization off our own balance sheet. We haven't raised money in more than 10 years. In fact, we've returned 82 million bucks back to our shareholders. Yeah. When we go back, we will have a very, very good reason and that's to grow the business. So, and once you get the first plant up and running in either of those businesses, and they operate at steady state, and you have a cookie-cutter approach, then you can look at financing and adding leverage to it right. to start off with. I don't think it's wise ever to 
perhaps leverage the first plant in any new technology, mm. but to take that as equity. And hence, we're doing that in a manageable way with Stelco, where if we exercise the option, Primobius exercises the option to buy in 50%, Neo Metals will have 25% direct interest mm. in your first big scale plant. Now, that's palatable for us because we're confident that Stelco will employ a regional because the licensed area is North America. So we'll have a network of plants in North America mm. over time. Um, and then when we get to the really, really big plants in the future, we've got the flexibility because we've got three business models. So Hilken Bucks, we're operating as principal. Uh, Stelco, we can buy into a joint venture. Yeah. Or plant supply and licensing. Yeah. So for the really, really big plants that are half a billion to a billion capex, yeah. we can elect just to revert to a royalty. Yeah. Yeah. And, okay. And not to have that that big impost in terms of capital. So um, when we say we're tight, I'm not sure ever at a bar, but we are very, very careful with our capital yeah, no, and, I, I, and, and deploying it. And we do try to build the pie and yeah. bring in big multi-billion dollar companies yeah. to really take it to that next level. No, it makes sense. I've understood the sort of stepping stones from, you know, Marian being a miner and then coming into, you know, you framed the company differently during this evolution, right? And I'm sort of intrigued as to what it looks like next. Because when I go and talk to multi-billion dollar mining companies, they've got multiple assets around the world which they're mining. I kind of don't care about what the things are that they are mining. I care about the, the bottom line on the balance sheet. Have they delivered the number of ounces or pounds that they said? Have yeah. they done it uh, with the economies that they said? And it's kind of the same for you. You've kind of got this multi-layered, multi-revenue opportunity, I guess, you know, de-risked in a way, yeah. although feeling it's the same thematic, slightly de-risked in that sense. What's the point at which you get to where people say, oh, um, that's near metals, they're a fill yeah, in the blank. Materials producer. Well, today it is, you know, what, what, what could it become? You know, and um, that's what I'm intrigued by. Where does this go? Yeah. Or you decide, hey, I'm going to spin some of these things out, and that's a sort of very small company yeah. mentality. I mean, look, we we have we have done that in terms of you know you've got competition internal competition for capital in the business, mm. right? And as they go to investment decisions, we expect the project teams and to bring yeah. up proposals to the investment committee to to deploy, right? And they'll get prioritised. Yeah. Uh, accordingly, and for the ones that don't give the best ones, so uh, you know, all of them will operate at the bottom end of the cost curves, and all of our assets, including the hard rock titanium asset, mm. are extremely valuable, right? And you know, we have taken the approach where same with our nickel business, but we just couldn't see the nickel expiration, yeah, right, fitting in with the battery thematic. If I hold the, I'm getting. The, the lithium battery recycling, 60% of the revenue is nickel. And I'm at the bottom end of the cost curve and batteries get delivered to me every day and I charge. Or I can invest and build a mine and a concentrator. Mm. Okay, I'll go for this one first. Mm -hmm. But this is still a great asset and it will be developed at in a moment time, in time. Yeah. Right? So you give it back to the shareholders and say, it's yours. We list it as a separate company. Uh, you owned it anyway. And you can choose whether to put more money in or not, but we'll make sure it's funded so that it can get into production. Mm. So, you know, when you have a portfolio approach, it's, it's not unlike mines. A lot of the big mining companies, they sell their smaller mines and buy a big one and, yeah. and they asset trade. 
where we're like, well, actually, we're happy to buy something counter-cyclical or early in the thematic when people think you're crazy, like actually mm. recycling and you can build stuff up. And then at the appropriate time, give it back to the shareholders. And I can say, well, look, you know, for example, Brambi. Here it is. It's got a granted mining license, ministerial approval to construct a concentrator. Here's the latest and greatest cost studies. Here's what we think we can get for the offtake. Mm. We need to do, you know, a, a full feasibility study, two years, then we can put it into production. So you can invest in it mm. or not, but it's yours. Yeah. You owned it anyway. So tell me, this, I'm trying to work out what the future looks like because I think that's where the, you know, you've got to sort of tell a growth story, right? So it's a fair question yeah. to ask you, right? So if, if you look at sort of the moments through from Mount Marion to now, the, 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 I'm trying to work out what are the, the decisions that you've made which just changed the opportunity ahead of you? Like say, for, we've gone from minor to we are going to look at green metals. We are yeah. going to bring a green uh, materials company. What's the next step which changes the trajectory of the company? Because I've stopped looking at yeah. the admin. I've stopped looking at the admin. Yeah. Can these guys can these guys come up with a decent business model? Yep. Can they bring these industrial partners on with big balance sheets to help deliver? Yep. Um, you know, can they actually deliver on what they say they are going to deliver on? Yep. So I've stopped listening to that because it's yeah. you can do that. I have full faith that you're going to do that. Yeah. What I want to see next is what's the kind of step change beyond after delivering these kind of first three projects? Yeah. What are the opportunities? Well, manifold opportunities, right? It's, 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 it, in two years' time, you will find that we will have, for the battery recycling, commercial-scale plants up and running. Mm. So I say, Matt, I've got a pipeline of this many 50-tonne plants. I've got one operating. The economics look like what we estimated. We're mm. making more or less because ultimately yeah. we won't make whatever the number was in the study, it'll mm -hmm. be more or less, mm -hmm. hopefully really, really close to it, mm -hmm. right? Otherwise, we have to shoot the engineers. So, again, yeah, I'll get more of them. And, and so then you can start to value what the pipeline looks like, yeah. right? So you've got to, we're at the stage now where in 2013, 2023, 2024, we've got to execute the construction right and the commissioning, yep. right? Now, some people would call it the valley of death. If you had one project and that's where all your money went and there's nothing else for you to do if that fails. And, you know, we've been in that situation before a decade ago where you put all your eggs in one basket mm -hmm. in terms of putting all your money in, doesn't quite work out. Fortunately, we had Mount Marion and Barambi as yep. our second and third assets. So we had another life. But what we're doing here is we're doing it with partners to start off with and take the risk out, and then we can amp it up mm -hmm. and deliver more. So we've taken as much risk out of the commercialization, and now we've, it's the execution. No, I, I, I get that. But again, it's, it's kind of for me at the moment, it's the kind of bit of the conversation which I want to move past because I trust that you will deliver it. You will execute. You've done it so far. I believe you will do it moving forward. And then you get into a kind of cash phase, but that's just cash. Cash is boring. It's what the cash allows you to do next. What's the ambition next? What are the opportunities out there? I mean, can you look that far forward? Oh, absolutely. So as soon as we get started on the 50-ton plant supply agreements, mm. then near metals will go back and our engineering teams will go back 
and start to take the 500 tonne a day plants right. that we thought that we'd need to be developing yeah. ready for next decade, we're going to need to bring them forward. Right. Because everything's coming at us. It's becoming steeper and it's mm. getting closer to us. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, case in point, at, at Hilchenbach, we thought we'd feed it with cells and we thought we'd have time before we had to treat end of life packs. Mm. In reality, 70% of the feed for Hilchenbach is EV packs. Yeah. Right. That we now have to discharge and disassemble. We didn't envisage that we would need to do that for a couple of years. Yep. But we've had to do that over the last six months. Urban mining, right? Great. It's a concept. Concept, recycling, and that, I'm, I'm not just the batteries, but I'm also putting the vin- vanadium in there, yeah. right? But what you have this slightly exciting uh, prospect, or well, it's a project, it's a proper project with a proper partner, down in Portugal, the chemicals side of the business. I'm sort of yeah. intrigued by that. You, you look at the kind of multiples that chemical uh, companies get, they sort of quietly go about their business, but they're some of the most successful and most profitable in, in, the, in the world. Wh- where are you taking that project? So that project, you know, we're, we're co-funding it with someone who's got specialist skills. Mm-hmm. So it's turning a, a chloride into a hydroxide and they do that in every English, day. please, for the audience. Yeah, so they turn salt, table salt, right? into caustic soda, so which is sodium chloride into sodium hydroxide uh, with electricity. We're just going to change the so- sodium salt to lithium salt. And what does that do? Makes lithium hydroxide that you need for right. these batteries. So what it does is it enables brine production, right, lithium chloride, which is lithium in water, mm-hmm. to actually be a saleable product. They mm-hmm. don't have to try. The hard bit is trying to make lithium chemicals up in the Andes yeah. at these salt lakes. Yeah. It's really remote. Like you have to cart your reagents from Buenos yeah. Aires a thousand kilometers yeah, up mountains, yeah. right? To try to make chemicals in the middle of nowhere. And they sell ours. It's yes. crazy. So why don't you just concentrate the liquid? Right. It has twice as much lithium in it as spodumane. Yeah. And then cart it to Europe where we can make it fresh for the car makers. So, you know, the old FMC and SQM. And Ganfeng yeah. had a lithium chloride export business for between them, uh, you know, 10 or 15 years that was going. But in the current boom, they haven't had to because they're all processing their own stuff. But there's a lot of developers out there that can develop the ponds to evaporate, which is easier than right. trying to make high purity chemicals in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So you come to Europe where there is unbelievable depth in the chemical industry. We've got the equipment already sitting there, mm. and instead of selling caustic soda for a thousand a ton, you can sell lithium for plus fifty thousand a ton. Yes. Yeah. So it's dangling the carrot there and saying, if you de-risk this with us yeah. in this joint venture with Bondelti, yeah, that joint venture will have the license for that technology for all of Europe. Yep. Right, and Europe needs five hundred thousand tons of domestic lithium production or it needs to be imported but that's hard you, you said something actually in, with the, in the lunch session um, here when you're up on, on on stage or certainly in front of the room you were talking about Europe putting up walls around their battery ecosystem the way that China yeah. has America's a little bit further behind but get big getting there they'll, they'll, they'll definitely play yeah California's up. done it you know so I expect a few, few interesting yeah. yeah exactly um, 
lots of plants being built and lots of contracts being talked about and, and lots of investments by the you know, car manufacturers out there, it's starting. But Europe is putting up these walls, protective walls, and it's about kind of keeping everything in sight, closed loop system. So your, your three projects, pretty well, pretty well um, yeah, so one's, one's recovering it from wastes, yep. one's recovering it from end-of-life batteries. The yep. other one is just importing a intermediate yep. and doing the, the finishing, the conversion into Europe. Right. But, but how do you take advantage of that? Because like if, if the walls are going up and you've kind of got this massive hundreds of billions of dollars being invested by, a, well, everyone. Very, well, everyone. everyone. It's got, it's not, the industry is the reality of the situation. Yeah. What the markets are doing right now, I kind of don't care. You, you, there's a massive, massive industrial complex they're building for batteries, which is where you're sitting. Yeah. And that's exciting because that's, that's the reality of the runway ahead of us. But how do you take advantage of that? Because you must be getting a name for yourself in, in multiple jurisdictions now. Yep. Well, you just get more stuff. Yeah. So I think we grew by about 60% of our headcount in the last 18 months. And it's incredible because it's, it's like, you know, we used to get some government contracts and stuff. And once you've kind of got one contract, another department comes in and says, well, can you, do you, will you? And I just wonder if it's well, the anyone, same. Exactly. Anyone doubts the technology, as soon as you come along and you're a technology partner for Mercedes-Benz. Yeah. Now it's like, oh, well, where are we in the queue? Yeah. How do I get in front? Yeah. You How do I get to the front? Yeah. How do I get to the front? You know, and you're just like, mate, you can't. Yeah. Like I've got to look after my contracting customers first before. Yeah, the same interesting kind of personal over advantage there into into the thesis, but also into the jurisdiction essentially. Now, look, I, I, so conscious time, you've got to go off and see a big bank in a second. So I am to let them know what you're up to. I think you need to redeem yourself on this three thing again. So finish us up. Give us three simple things we need to remember. Green battery materials. Um, Low carbon, high purity, exchange traded commodities. Good, good to see you, Martin. Um, I'll see you again. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, I'll buy you beer. <laughs>